What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I got a chance to sit down and chat with Kellen Heen. Before I get into the details of the episode, I just want to remind you guys that the Patreon page is up and running. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, There's all sorts of loyalty rewards and programming, Mental Monday Extended, all sorts of stuff on there. If you don't want to do that, if you could share, like, subscribe, rate, tell your friends, all that stuff, that'd be great. And if you don't want to do that, you just want to sit there and listen, that's cool too. I appreciate you. This shit will always be free because I enjoy doing it. Um, As far as this episode is concerned... Kellen is sick. She has done a bunch of different things, uh, has a pretty wild athletic career. She's in the military, and she has a very awesome and interesting and unique perspective on powerlifting as she dates the, and has dated for a long time, the greatest powerlifter of all time, uh, Dave Hoff. So I don't want to give anything else away. This episode was fucking sick. I had a really fun time doing it. Kellen is rad. Uh, This is episode 121 of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. Enjoy it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Kellen Heen. Kellen is an old friend of mine, training partner, uh, assisted me through navigating, like, training at Westside at times, uh, and I've known her for several years. She has a really cool background in athletics and then also has a really um, unique um, perspective and situation when it comes to being around like insanely high level lifters as she is the girlfriend of Dave Hoff. If you don't know who Dave Hoff is, pause this, Google that and then come back. Um, but you should already fucking know who that is. So I'm stoked to have her on the show. Um, I didn't know if she was going to say yes or no to me when I asked her to be on because she's kind of a private person. So I'm stoked to have her. Kellen, how are you doing today? I'm swell. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm adjusting to the. Uh, I see there's lots of snow out there in Columbus now, but I'm adjusting to the actual like cold, cold out here because I was like, ah, oh, it won't be so bad. And then the past like week, it's been like four fucking degrees. So yeah. I'm kind it's of adjusting. Consistently more cold out there. Yeah, yeah. The snow like comes and stays. It like just like because everything is fucking freezing. So. Um, but other than that, I'm chilling. So, all right, let's do, I don't even know where to fucking start, to be honest with you. Um, (laughs) but let's just do like some easy stuff. So like, obviously you have a background in training, like in general, um, what was like your introduction to like, how old are you now? And how old were you when you were like introduced to like lifting weights? Uh, well, I'm 37 now. And, uh, I guess probably back years and years ago, so we're talking about 2004 or 5, um, training at George Grigel's place, uh, with, like, Rich Franklin and those guys. Um, Billy Rush, some people who are, like, kind of MMA fans might remember him. He did a lot of conditioning for Rich and, uh, like, Tim Sylvia and Joe Riggs and stuff. He was kind of big for a while. 
So I worked with him a little bit, um, and he kind of got me into lifting weights a little bit, but it was kind of a different animal. Um, you know, you're lifting more like cardiovascularly. So you were already doing like the MMA stuff, like when you found, like when you started doing barbell work. Yes. Oh no, shit. Okay, so like, well, let's backtrack then. Like, how did you, how did you get into like fighting people, <laughs> like and doing, like oh, doing, buddy. yeah, <laughs> like I would say, uh, how did you get into like fighting people with a referee present? I guess that would be a more okay, yeah. Right. A different so story. We, like, yeah, so we kind of grew up in the same sort of scene, right? Sure. So I grew up out by this BFE town called Eden, Ohio. And uh, Eden is, incidentally, the birthplace of the Courage Crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Imagine that. Like, if, if you've ever been to Eaton, maybe you've lifted in one of Eaton Barbell's meets. Yeah. Like, it's like four stoplights. It's actually a really cool town, but it, it's not a place that you would, like, imagine some straight-edge, hardcore crew, <laughs> like, emerging from, right? Sure, yeah. So, um... Hardcore, just in general, in like Dayton and Cincinnati and stuff was huge. And um, so I grew up between the whole oi oi punk rock scene and the hardcore shows and everything. Um, it's a thousand wonders that I've never been to actual prison. <laughs> like, I've, I've been to county, but like, not that big of a deal. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, actual prison, like, caught a case. <laughs> it's a thousand wonders I didn't do that. And so, um, I could, that's kind of how I transitioned into the MMA thing, is there were some people that I hung out with that were into that. Um, and then also, um, just, wanting to kind of focus that reckless energy that was going to get me in trouble. Sure. Um, and, and it did that. It did. Uh, it straightened me out. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of did that. I messed around with that for a while. Um, and then I moved out just on a whim, moved to California. Okay. <laughs> in 2007. Um, I actually got booked for a fight out there and then I was like well fuck it I'll just move out there you know because yeah. I kind of wanted to get out of my town anyway and um, I lived out there for a few years I loved it out there um, but then the economic crash of 2008 hit and I lost like two or three jobs back to back I kept getting good jobs but I'd get laid off you know the first people that they ask are the people that are on you know, the probationary period or whatever, the least sure. seniority. Sure. And it just it kind of became a thing. And then I got really, really sick. I got meningitis and I ended up in the hospital for like 10 days. I was super fucked up. My bill was just astronomical. And um, the county of San Diego took care of the majority of it because I was on unemployment at the time. Okay. But um, I was like, man, I got to do something. Like, I got to do something with my life. I need health insurance. So I joined the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I joined the Navy and then they sent me back to San Diego um, after I finished boot camp um, and I was on the USS Nimitz. Um, well, actually, 
they didn't send me back to San Diego. They sent me to the Arabian Gulf on a deployment. And then my ship went to San Diego when deployment was over. Um, Talk about full circle. Yeah, right. (laughs) Shit. Okay. Yeah, it was crazy. So um, we pulled back into San Diego. I, you know, we were there for a couple years. Um, and then we, we moved to Washington, the ship moved to Washington, um, state, but I started doing kind of, um, bodybuilding type thing when I was out there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we had pretty good gyms Okay, and, uh, I just, kind of just started doing the bodybuilding thing and I had a few people be like, man, you, you should do figure. Okay. You'd probably be really good at it. Just because my, I'm kind of shaped like a martini glass. You know, I got like real <laughs> wide collarbones and yeah. little tiny waist and stuff. And, um, I was in, you know, I built muscle reasonably easily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but not, you know, I'm not a mesomorph by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, I kept having people tell me that. And I was like, well, you know, fuck it, I need something to do. So I guess I'll do that. So, I lifted weights, lifted weights, lifted weights, and then I looked, you know, what I thought was pretty okay. And so when we were in Washington, I got with a posing coach, because I'm like, man, I don't really know how this whole thing works, right? Like, I know you lift weights and you diet, <laughs> right? Yeah. Two, yeah. Other, two other stuff, you know, that makes you shred it. But as far as the presentation and the whole process, like I had no idea. So I found a posing coach and this, that's a real thing. You know, people make lots of money doing that. And she took like three looks at me and was like, you really need to be in physique. You don't need to do figure. Like you're too big for figure. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at myself and I'm like, bullshit. I, I don't feel big at all. She says, trust me, when you get lean, you're going to look way too big. Okay. So, I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and uh, we, she got me a diet coach. We dieted down. I did the Emerald Cup, which apparently is a really huge show. Um, like, it's a highly respected show. It's a national qualifier. I didn't know. It was just, it was in Seattle and I lived there. I was like, well, I'll do that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it was, I was so ignorant. It was hilarious. But that makes it <laughs> easier, right? Like, that makes it, because you don't even realize, like, what the level of competition you're walking into. Yeah. I was just <laughs> fucking off. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I bought a suit. I did my little poses. You know, I won the overall. Fuck. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, okay well this isn't that bad like really all I had to do is follow directions like the fucking guy said eat this this and this at this time and I did that and I won <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed real straightforward I was like okay cool so I just kind of like went back to lifting weights you know cause that's really what I liked I liked the training part of it yeah and it was just a test to see if I could do it I just I wasn't you know, I didn't look at fitness magazines and be like, wow, I want to be her. Like, I don't even remember the girls' names anymore, but I didn't look at the magazines and have these, like, aspirations of the lights and the people screaming my name and all that. I was just, do, I was just doing something or something to do. And I was an air traffic controller in the Navy, 
when you're not on the ship, you work in a rate like either a tower. I was a radar controller. I was an approach controller. Um, and, you know, air traffic controllers work weird shifts and stuff. So we had a full kitchen in our work center. Okay. And so it made it really easy, right? Like I would pack all my stuff up, even if I had to eat fish, that I refused to eat tilapia. But I could just take like a frozen cod fillet and just throw it in the oven at work. It was really, it was really easy. Sick. Other than, yeah. So like, it, it never like occurred to me that it was like a big deal that I was doing this. And so I just approached it with this childlike ignorance and <laughs> won, you know? And so I went back to training after I won the Emerald Cup and people were like, you need to do a national show. You need to do a national show. I'm like, I don't think, I think I need to get bigger because I'm looking at the pro girls. That's who I'm comparing myself to. Right. And I'm like, man, them bitches are big as hell. (laughs) And, um, this was like the Dana Lynn Bailey era. And so they're like, no, 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 no. Like you don't need to get like to, they're looking at pro potential when they place you at national. So you just need to like, put on a little size, come in a little harder, fuller, not as flat. I was super flat in my first show. Okay. And so they were like, don't, don't, you know, we'll adjust your diuretics and all that stuff, salt you up real good, and you'll be fine. So I went and did North Americans. And so I think, I think the Emerald Cup was in March or April, and then September I did North Americans. This is 2014, and I won the overall again. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So uh, now I'm an IFBB pro. Kai Green's handing me a sack of shit from GNC and like a trophy. <laughs> yeah, and the other guy incidentally was Elliot Bomb from Westside. Oh no shit! Yeah, because he was sponsored by Metrex. Okay. All right. And so he was up there holding girls' arms up at North Americans. Small world. Yeah, it was weird. I have a picture. He looks super unenthused. Kai <laughs> Green was super, was really nice though. Really, really nice. Was yes. he like insanely massive in real life? Yes. Like I've but heard, he's not tall. Right. At all. I've heard that those guys look like aliens in real life because they're like so big. Yeah. Well, that's what's crazy. Um, I'm really good friends with Tony Freeman, and some people who follow bodybuilding might know who that is. He had. He, he's kind of the Ronnie Coleman era and like right after and he's like the most underrated pro bodybuilder I mean, he had legs that rivaled Ronnie and really in a lot of ways a better shape okay um, super tiny waist he was just absolutely huge uh, a specimen of a human he's like the only tall bodybuilder I've ever seen though like I met Big Ramy and he's not big he's like shorter than me right Dexter Jackson is fucking tiny they're like the same height if you put them on their side yeah like if they're, <laughs> they're square I mean, yeah but when they're in shape because you know dexter jackson had a really nice shape little tiny waist and stuff and uh he is a like peeps i hope he doesn't listen to this and get offended I'm, i doubt he will he's not a big human at all neither is branch warren okay at all I mean like they're shorter than me and when they're off season they look pretty huge but when you see them in like a track suit getting ready to walk into the Arnold they are fucking small really because they died yes. down so far yes no shit yeah that world is like a 
a different sort of animal. I don't really, I've never been like involved in it. I knew that you, I knew that you had your pro card, but I didn't know that you did it like kind of on accident, your second show, which is fucking crazy. Did you do another show after that or did you call it? I, I did. Um, it was kind of at that point, like when I got my pro card. Yeah. There, this, I want to. I want to make sure that I word this correctly, so I don't sound like a fucking loser. Um, there are things that I started to really be uncomfortable with and not like. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of like with with my coaches and stuff that were pushing me like you need to get sponsors because it's expensive to bodybuild. I mean, like right. insanely expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, but but then like. I think you said in the intro, like I'm not, I'm kind of a recluse and I, I like my privacy Yeah, and I'm not really into posting a thousand selfies a week. Like it's just not my thing. Sure. And those are all requirements if you're going to get sponsored because then you're beholden to someone like they want you to make X number of posts a week. I didn't even have a Facebook until I went pro. Oh, okay. 2014. Yeah, so you're not going to be posting fucking uh, discount codes and all that shit, like. Yeah. Sure. Is that when you yeah. started to like transition towards like the powerlifting stuff? Well, no, not yet. I should have. Um, but it's a, it's just funny how life works out, you know. Like you get these big obstacles thrown in your way, and it, and it directs you on the path that maybe you should be on. You know, it's like sure. one of those things where like even bad stuff sometimes is kind of the catalyst yeah right? so um i just i was uncomfortable with the level of social commitment that it required of me i, I was uncomfortable with the dolling yourself up like if they could have just put me in a black bikini and i could have put my hair in a ponytail and they just stood me in a line and only judged me against the other girls up there. I would have been cool with that. But you got to do the whole posing routine. And it's like, it's a performance. And I'm kind of not, that's not my thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, getting up there and dancing and smiling. You got Vaseline on your teeth and shit. And you're like, <laughs> you know, acting all bubbly. And, you know, that's not me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not trying to laugh. I'm not trying to laugh at you, but like, I like, I feel like I know you so well. It's like funny to think about you, like, because the people who do that shit, like, nothing against them. Like, that's sick that they do it, whatever. But it's like the furthest thing from what I would expect of like the Kellen that I know. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, like you're dead on. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, like I was just there to lift weights and get shredded and be like, huh, look how shredded I got. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely, like, another element of, like, like you said, being bubbly and, like, um, very, like, like you said, like, social, socially, like, around everybody and stuff. Like, what, uh... Like at, like, at what point, I guess, sort of, like, transitioning for, like, at what point were you, like... I just want to like lift big weights. Um, well, in the, uh, let's see. So I got my pro card in the fall of 2014 and in 2015 I did my first pro show. Okay. 
So I was already kind of having some doubts about how much I liked being a part of the whole thing. And then there's like the creepy schmo guys, right? Right, of course. The muscle guys. Like the yeah. like. <laughs> Look, like, let me just be straight. Like, there is no such thing as a bodybuilding fan. Right. That doesn't exist. You're either a person who works out really hard or participates in bodybuilding that you're like, yeah, man, that dude's physique is fucking rad. Or there's still girls I'm like, man, dude, her her body is fucking crazy. Right. You know? But that's because I've done it and I understand it and that's why it interests me. Like, you're a part of it. Sure. But then, outside of that, so, like, 7% of the people who try to follow you are your peers or they're people that at least go to the gym really heavily. Yeah. The rest of them are all fucking pervs. <laughs> sure. The okay. other 93% are weirdos. Mm-hmm. And I got nothing against the chicks and the guys who make their living that way on, like, the live shows and stuff and and whatever. That's cool. For me, I didn't like it. It made me super uncomfortable. It was, you know, objectifying a hobby that was important to me. Sure, okay. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't comfortable with that. I think one of the final straws was like some, they call them schmoes, but there was like a schmo photographer that took some pictures at a show. And then he also, like, he posted pictures of me at a show on stage and then also took a picture of me in my uniform from my Facebook. Ugh. And I was an E6. Yeah. So, for one, I'm expected to kind of conduct myself a certain way. Yep. And then for two, I was like, you know, and all the guys were commenting, like, just saying weird stuff. And I was like, you know, like, Hey, asshole, like, I've been to fucking war, dude. Like, don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, don't take that shit and put it up with a picture that you fucking George Costanza-looking weirdos are just going to beat off to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that just, it grossed me out, man. It made me feel dirty. I didn't like it. And so there was that. But I was like, I should give it a whirl, do the whole pro thing. Well, I got... I hired the coach that all the pro girls were using instead of the coach that I had used because people talked me into it and he talked me into it and he, he had me on just a pile of, of PEDs and really basically made me sick. Yeah. Um, it did not go well and I lost a ton of muscle from the diet mm-hmm. and that's how I got into powerlifting. Okay. So you were like, I got to put this yeah. muscle back on. Right. Sure, sure. And Scott Schaefer was like, look, if you, if you just eat like crazy and lift really heavy, you'll put on more dense muscle and it'll be harder to rot off of you. Okay. And so he was like, just don't don't worry about it. And I just liked it so much better because really what I liked was the training to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And so the powerlifting was a perfect fit. I didn't have to put on makeup. I didn't have to wear rhinestones. I didn't have to be good at dancing and posing. I just had to do a thing. Train hard and show up one day and lift weights. Yeah, yeah. And the culture is like, people can say what they want about the culture of powerlifting, but uh, 
from what I understand, like in general, there's like way less of like the creepy weirdo stuff. I'm sure there is like, I'm not a female in strength sports, so I don't know, but it seems like if you go into a gym to powerlift and you're a girl and you train hard, no one really like, obviously you might get hit on whatever, but it's like, no one really gives a fuck that you're a girl. They're just stoked that you like lifting weights. Right. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Especially yeah, dudes like, yeah. especially dudes like Scotty and all them, like those dudes don't give a fuck. They just want somebody to train hard with them and talk shit. Yeah. And the, the guys are, well, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this discussion later about people just, incessantly complaining and being princesses <laughs> but um like for the most part the guys are like I mean there's <laughs> they're like the old school Dorian Yates style blood and guts bodybuilders that are fucking rad right like they're as, they're as cool as the toughest power lifters they, they grind like seven days a week plus the diet and they have like a a, a, an athlete's kind of perspective towards it but I'm telling you what man there's a whole lot of like crossing the gender lines as far as personalities go <laughs> yeah yeah and like with bodybuilding like the guys being like real like needy and emotional and metro and kind of like <laughs> not uh, your like, not your style yeah, in powerlifting, like, the dudes are dudes and the girls are dudes, too. <laughs> and you're like, you know? here I am, like, let's lift fucking weights. Like, right. <laughs> that's like, like oh, I've got pee running down my legs and nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is cool. I think that that's, like, you know, like, like I said, say whatever you want about powerlifting culture, but there definitely is something to the fact that, like, um like guys like especially in multiply like especially multiply like when a girl comes in and wants to put on a bench shirt or wants to put on a pair of briefs everyone's just like stoked to like show yeah, they're it. With it yeah yeah and there's definitely that like because i mean if you look at like our training group like when we were training together pretty broad spectrum of human beings and like male female like strength levels like personality types whatever but at the end of the day we were all just like let's fucking lift weights until we're tired and then go in the parking lot and talk shit yeah like <laughs> that was like literally four days a week like that's what went on i think that that's sort of like I hate, it sounds like i don't know how to say it's like the the purity aspect of like the powerlifting stuff because it's so like quantifiable it's like you're just gonna lift more weights and it's like a very you did or you didn't whereas as like physique stuff there's so much opinion involved in it where it's like yeah it's very subjective yeah like i've heard that like you know uh branch warren like won't ever win anything big because he's like kind of an ugly looking dude in the face and it's like who gives a fuck like, you know what i mean like no power lifter's not gonna get white lights because they're ugly it's just like it just is what it is you know um yeah and so I think that that's really interesting. When was your, uh, when was your first, I guess like what was your first multiply meet? I know you don't want to get in like super details with that stuff, but like what, when was your first multiply meet? And like, do you remember what you did for, for weights? Oh, I gotta think about this. I think Dave, yeah. So I lifted raw a couple times. Yep. I think at least once, maybe twice. Yep. Twice, yeah. I lifted raw a couple times. 
Um, and uh, then I started training with Dave mm-hmm. and doing the multiply thing. Yep. And I think he took me to York Barbell. Yeah. No, no pressure. This, yeah, because they had this, um, like, one-inch pile shag carpet on the platform, and everybody, everybody was dumping weights <laughs> in the squat. Because, like, you'd pick it up, and then, you, like, you would bear down on the bar, and then you'd sink into the carpet, so you'd pencil real bad. Yep. And everybody was in the room. If you've never lifted at York Barbell, you should. It's really cool. Um, but the room's kind of weird because it's set up sort of like an auditorium. And so you're up on this stage, and the, the table's down in front of you, and then there's these bleachers that come up, that, you know, up, and, and they're elevated. And you can't look at the room. you got to look. Dave's like, he told me ahead of time, he was like, don't look at anything but that fucking banner up there. Like, and it's kind of elevated on, like, a balcony. He's sure. like, look at that. Don't look at anything else, or the room will start closing in on you. I'm like, okay, cool, man, whatever. <laughs> so I, I, I get up there with like 500 pounds, pick it up, poof, dump it over my face. <laughs> like you do, yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and like three or four other people in my flight did the same thing. I was in like the third flight. I was 162 pounds, I think I weighed in, and uh, I picked 500 up, dumped it over my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, this sucks. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, and, then, uh, and Dave, you know how Dave is? He's just, everything's just not a big deal, right? Even if it is. Right, yeah, yeah. He's like real blase about it. He's like, oh, it's okay. You know, just just, get, just walk your feet up a little bit more. It's going to feel super weird. We'll, we'll, take the, we'll take the bar down, take the rack down. Just look at the banner. You'll be fine. <laughs> I could hear him saying that, like, in my head. Yeah. 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 Everything's just not a big deal. Like, right. I almost died. No, no big deal. Um, Embarrass the shit out of myself. And then uh, we did that, and I squatted 500 pounds. Fucking and, right. And I, I pulled my calf, because, you know, when you get up on your toes like that, it always just rips your calf loose. Sure, yeah. And, uh... He was like, yeah, you're good. You don't have to do another squat. That was our goal. You did it. We'll bench. And yep. I think I benched like 325 in an old Karen Klein denim. Mm-hmm. Because you know me and my denim shirts. Yeah, you love those. You weirdo. Yeah. yeah. And then I think I pulled like 410 or something. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, it was low fours. And, uh, I, you know, it was... That was my first multiplayer meet. I finished, and you know how Dave's like, dude, I just wanted you to finish. It's like, that's it. You finished. Cool. You have a total. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and, it's like every, he's like impossibly optimistic and positive when he's handling someone at a meet. Like, yeah. just everything, just like, it's all good, bro. Like, it's all good. Like, we'll just, yeah, it's fine. We'll just do this and this. And like, uh, I had a, one of the meets I bombed out of, like, the first time I squatted 11. I like barely bombed out on bench. You were there for that one. And he's just like, well, technically you, he's like in our hearts, you did it. So let's like deadlift. And like, so that we know what you can, it's like, has this way of, of turning stuff into this positive thing. Did you, uh, did you like immediately trust like his coaching and shit? Like when he, you made those small adjustments and were able to make that squat. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, Dave can polish a turd to a mirror finish. <laughs> um, when it when involves somebody that he coaches. Sure. Um, but, yeah, because, and it was kind of the reason why, well, it was probably his way of flirting. But originally, <laughs> um, the reason why Dave said that he could teach me to lift and multiply was because I had tried a bench shirt over at Scott's in his garage mm-hmm. and it was way too small for me. It was a Rage X and uh, we were trying to touch stuff in it, at least to a board. And I took like 300 and I held it no problem. It really surprised me. It was my first time in any piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. And I took it out and I held it and I had it under control and I, I had watched these guys bench enough. I knew that you had to, once you get the weight down and it starts to lock up, you got to kind of reach for it, arch up with your belly and reach for the weight and pull it down, you know? Yep. And so I just remember getting it down there and him being like belly up and I pushed really hard. And then the next thing I remember is I was looking at the ceiling. I felt real warm and everybody was confused. Because okay. I fucking passed out. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> you just and stayed with it. Yeah. Yep. And so I posted on Facebook. I was like, well, I fell asleep under 300 pounds today because that was interesting. <laughs> and, and Dave saw it. And, and he was like, listen to me. You are too stupid to know when you should stop trying to lift the weight. And I can work with that. Yeah. I can hear him saying that shit too. That's like, yeah. you're like the golden goose, like someone who's willing to try to touch so hard that they pass out. He's like, okay, well, I know that you're a fucking pit bull. So <laughs> we can, we can do something with this. So like, let's kind of, um, let's kind of get into some of that stuff as far as, uh, being the person who dates the greatest powerlifter of all time. I'm sure you're pretty fucking tired of hearing that. Um, but I think that, like you, like we were saying before we started recording, I think people uh, are probably interested in, in hearing, like, you know, like I know Dave, you know, like I, he's very humanized to me, even though I've seen him do wild fucking shit. Um, but like most people, like he's a fucking god to anybody who lifts and multiplies. So like curious as to what it's been like to see the progression of like what he's been able to do over the past, however many years, because you're obviously seeing it closer than anyone else. You fucking wrap his knees, call him on his bench press, call his depth. Like you're in it. So like, what's that like? Like, is that like a really intense thing for you or like, did you have to get kind of broken in to do it? Um, that's actually an interesting kind of tale because like <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people don't know, like when Dave and I first started, he, he was, he came out and helped me with my box squad a couple times. Um, when I was training at Eaton. Okay. Um, cause you know how anal he is about the box squad. Yes. And, you know, like, man, if box squatting was a judgeable lift, I would <laughs> be like way in the top tier. Of, you are a good of, box squatter. 
I'm an excellent boxer. <laughs> I was, yeah. Um, that's the one thing, like, I'll toot my horn about that. I'm a fucking great box player. Um, <laughs> name your bar. <laughs> no <laughs> shit, <up>. yeah. <laughs> uh, we should try to do that, like, as a meet sometime, just for fun. Just box, um, box squats, two boards, and two-inch block poles. I'm with it. I'm yeah. here for it, dude. Um, but yeah, so sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, what's that like, you know, he came out to help you with your box squat and so on. And I realized that he was, he was a really good coach. Like he's, he, you know, he's not only super, super technical, but he's also good at articulating what he wants you to do. So that's like the perfect combination in a coach. And we started dating kind of like maybe a couple months after that. But, um, a lot of people don't know, like Dave at the time when we got together was kind of down and out. He had not completed a meet in like four years. Yep. He had the leg Um, thing going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know how it is. Like you got something that's legitimately wrong with you and you're already the number one guy and you kind of like to stay there. (laughs) So you're like, do do I rest this and rehab it? What do I do? And you got Lewis breathing down his neck, right? And um, and then he didn't have real consistent help and everything. And we were sitting at IHOP. It was like two in the morning, and we're eating. And I was just like, "What's it going to take to get Dave Hoff back to Dave Hoff?" You said you that know? to him. Yeah. Sick. I was like, well, what's it going to take to get you? Because, like, like, pick a thing, dude. Do you want to retire? Or, do, like, what what is it that you're doing and what do you need mm-hmm. if you want to go further? What What is it going to take? And he looked at me and he was like, <laughs> I'm laughing about it, but... Um, Cause you know it's like two in the morning we're at IHOP and he's high as giraffe. Pussy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Couple of and night he, owls. Oh yeah, and he looks at me and he goes, "I need structure." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "I am here for that." Yeah, I was <laughs> like, exactly. I was like, "You need structure." Look from me. Keep in mind, I've been out of the Navy all of maybe a year, and I was a V6, so I'm like, be careful saying that to me. <laughs> right. Like, right. structure's on a spectrum, and we can, we can be, like, here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we can be way over here, like, what? And sure. he, just, he was like, I just need, like, <clears throat> excuse me, he was like, I need, like, a person in my life that not only tells me Stop making excuses why you're not going to train today. And do you have the things that you need? And he was like, also that I can depend on to show up at meets, to be there when I train, Mm -hmm. to know the things that I need or like where depth is. Right. And so he just needed, basically needed somebody to have his back. Right. And hold him accountable. Sure. So we did that. Um, and it worked because I had enough of an idea what he goes through mm-hmm. um, 
to be like, you know, and also being a competitor and a lot of other things in the past and stuff, like, I, I knew when to lay off of him or when to be like, not bug him about the brakes on the car or whatever to just take care of stuff so he doesn't have to worry about it right and focus on one thing yeah um so we took him man i'm trying to think which meet he went to first i want to say we went to a meet in florida it was a wpc meet yep i remember the videos for that yeah and i'm pretty sure yeah he had this like he couldn't get any gear from Lewis, right? Mm -hmm. So he had this old piece of shit patched up red phenom that he benched in Finland and that he called Gertie. Yep. I benched my, I benched my first 600 in that shirt. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nothing's been around the block. Fucking beat to shit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And that's all he had. So he goes down there and he gets a squat in. And keep in mind, like, I went from, like, being the most amateurist, probably had one multiply meet under my belt, and I'm in Florida wrapping Dave Hoff's knees and calling his depth. <laughs> Trial by fire. Yeah, you want to talk about fucking nervous. Right, yeah. <laughs> especially and at one feeling, of those, especially at one of those meets, too, like, the judging is tight. Yeah, and feeling incredibly unqualified. Sure. But, but the thing is... That's another thing that Dave explained. He goes, no, it's perfect because he was like, you haven't been at Westside for five years, so you know what depth actually looks like. Like, He was like, you're honest. You've been held to account by judges. Right. Like, he was like, no, like, because I can teach you the way I want it done and that's all you know. Right, yeah. So it's like there's a, it's like a clean slate to like show you like how he wanted it to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that too, like with you guys, like I've seen that, like he, you have a way of, um, you're very skilled at that anyway, because you can kind of like tell what somebody needs. Like, I mean, like you've gotten me a couple squats that maybe shouldn't have passed just because you know how to sell it. You know how to, um, like, you know what each lifter needs for that. You know, I know you've called Val on a couple and like, you know, Kovach people who are like kind of hard to call depth for like, and you do a really good job. But I mean, like the first time calling Dave in a meet for his depth must've been a little horrifying. It was, it was a lot horrifying. It was <laughs> stressful, man. Yeah. Yeah. But he got through it and he got a squat. I want to say he squatted like 1075 or maybe 1125 it was somewhere in that you know Mm -hmm. um children's weights for Dave yeah 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 and then he bombed in the bench because he couldn't touch anything in that shirt yep um it just doesn't you know it's like like you wore it it's all patched up and doesn't flex anymore it's really do what it's supposed to do yeah but that's what was crazy about it was that like that's, I think, the thing that makes, that separates Dave. Like, people think that Dave is in a class of his own because of his genetics. Right. And, like, yeah, that's true. Without that component, he never would have gotten where he's at. But, like, there are other factors. And one of them is that Dave lives in reality land. 
And so he's like real honest with himself. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that where he's like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to do this, this, and this. And it sounds inhuman and like, who the fuck would think, but, but then you realize it's Dave and you're like, oh yeah, okay, dude. And then he goes and does it. And you're like, well, shit. Yeah. The, the, the classic, uh, pull out the phone calculator talk. Yeah. It's like, if I go this, this, and this, it'll equal this. And, and then I only have to pull this. It's always like, then I only have to pull this. So he yeah. doesn't have to do the third deadlift, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's crazy because I, I kind of experienced that like when I first came into the group and you're like, this guy's off his fucking rocker. You know what I mean? Like you're like, those numbers like are crazy. And then you start paying attention to the numbers he's handling and training and you're like, oh, like you just like are stating what is going to happen. It's not I think I can. It's like I'm just going to go do this. Yeah. Yeah. When, when he was getting ready for 31, the 3100, um, Obviously, like, that was a really tumultuous time with, like, you know, us leaving the gym and, and all this crazy shit. Um, and I have, like, I've had, like, my experience with, with dealing with Dave, like, during that time. And, like, we knew something special was going to happen. Like, we knew it. We're like, okay, there's something big is going to happen at this meet. Um, did you feel the same way, like, as far as, like you know, at home or like just between you guys, like, could you tell that like the big fucking total was coming? Uh, no, really? Actually. Yeah. So like, I didn't know because like what I was getting at was when he went to Florida and he only squatted, like he only squatted 1075 or whatever, whatever the key was, it was like 1078. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. It's been six years ago. But, and then he bombed in the bench, and it was like, he went down there, and was like, yeah, I just want to, you know, I just want to squat this and this, and it's like nothing for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, that's a, that's like the difference between Dave's Hoff, Dave's Hoff's mind and, and Lewis's mind, right? And mm-hmm. how he didn't ever let him get to it, which ultimately was the downfall. But... You know, Dave's like, well, I haven't lifted in four years, and I don't know, like, what my body's going to do, so I'm just going to try to squat this, try to bench this, get a total, and get it rolling. Mm-hmm. He's, his pride isn't bothered by that. He's not. He approaches it very systematically. I need to take a couple steps back, get a total in, and go from there. Right. Then you hear Lewis, it's like, well, he's quiet, Twelve, whatever, fucking four years ago, back, back, take it. You know, and it's like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, there's... And so I'm sitting here observing this bizarro dynamic. Yeah. And Dave bombs in the bench, and I'm thinking, like, oh, no, he bombed out. He's going to be so upset. And he just shrugged his shoulders, like, yeah, that shirt's fucked. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, we drove to Florida, and you bombed out, and it's just like, you're like, yeah, fuck it, that, sh- that shirt's trash, man. I'm just going to have to get another shirt, and then I'll just bench whatever, and like, but the thing is, he gets a new shirt and he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not full of shit. Yeah, he's not full right. of shit. That's that's the difference, I think, is when he says, oh, that shirt's fucked. He's not using that as an excuse. Like, the shirt was exactly. actually, the shirt was actually fucked. It, like, yes, that's 
what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very real. And I think that, um, like, people, it's funny now, like, you know, obviously since I moved out here, like, I have gotten several questions about, like, you know, like, how crazy is his equipment? Does he wear a million plies? Does he do this yeah. and all this stuff? And I'm like, no, his briefs are, like, 10 years old. He wears, like, a fucking maybe a three-ply shirt sometimes. Like, he does not wear crazy equipment. He just knows how to fucking use it. And if it's fucked up, it's no good. And if it's not fucked up, he's going to do something massive. Yeah. More or less. And that, that's the other thing that it taught me so much about how to look. So, like, it's, it's the perfect, uh, like... It's the perfect course in how to handle an equipped powerlifter because when you get to watch Dave every day, I don't mean to blow smoke up his ass. I cut him down a couple notches every day. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have no problem doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I also have to be honest that, like, I don't think anybody can argue that Dave is technically, like, nearly flawless 99% of the time. Yes. Yeah. He is anal retentive about technique. And so if you're going to observe somebody learning how an equipped lift should look, it's probably a good person to watch. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when uh, the whole thing with like me not being able to train at night and all the bullshit and whatever. And like, I remember still coming in to hang because I, and you said it to me, you're like, yeah, hopefully you can like learn some stuff like just through osmosis. And like, I literally, it, like literally I was just like, all right, cool. Like I'm just going to sit here and look at like how he grabs the bar, where he puts his feet, like all this stuff and try to learn. And like, it is true. It's very frustrating. Cause you're like, Oh, he did it. I can just do it. And then I can't. But as far as like someone to mimic, it's pretty obvious that the dude knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. So it was, you know, I was able to watch. And when I see like him shift a certain way in the squat or struggle to keep his chest up and he walks out from under the bar in a warm up and says, my straps are too tight. I now know that that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And so I can look at another lifter and see them, you know, crank their fucking straps and they get under the bar and they keep like their chest is dropping and they're getting on their toes, you know, getting, you know, folded up like a lawn chair in the hole. Or they, they, try to get to depth and then they get this look of just absolute panic on their face and then they stand up before the up call. I'm, I'm right here, Kellen. You can just say my name. It's okay. No, that's <laughs> not you. That's not you. I have people in my, in my brain right now that I'm seeing it needs doing this. And, and it's because, and, and you're like, Hey dude, just like loosen your straps. Oh yeah. You know? Yep. I like, think, yeah. I think that that's like the, one of the, the big things that I took away from, from training alongside of him was that, like, tighter is not better. Position is better. Yes. You know. Yeah, exactly. And so he's, like, real anal about, like, you know, you adjust your straps. Per, I don't want to give too many of his secrets away, but that's kind of a thing is he's, like, he is very detail-oriented. He's very methodical. 
and he doesn't get wound up about, for the most part, he doesn't get wound up about stuff. It's like, okay, my straps are too tight, or oh, I need a little more strap on the next one. And so you get to watch that, and you have like this condensed course in how to do equipped lifting. Yeah. So, you know, it's not that like I'm such a badass, or I was I was the world's okayest female equipped lifter, <laughs> like. You know, like I was never like a scrub, but I was never going to get a world record. I was just having fun doing something. Um, But I think it made me really good. There's lots of people that come up to me at meets and they're like on their third attempt at a squat trying to stay in the meet. And like, they're like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I'll call your depth. And I do everything exactly the way. I I give them directions that are going to keep them in a position and in like biomechanics that look the most like a Dave Hoff squat that I can get them to do. Yeah. Well, it happened to me in Florida, the first WPO, you walked me through my third one. Um, And then uh, that was after I bombed out too. (laughs) No, no, I hadn't bombed out yet. Never mind. Disregard. Disregard. Uh, and then again in um, whatever year that was, like the the finals after the Corona Classic, like I'd missed the two benches and you were like, dude, like literally try to set up on the top of your fucking head. Like just set up and like walk me through it. And I think that, um, like you said, like being around him and seeing, I think it's, it's like when he comes out from under something that might be slow or kind of wonky and he says – Oh, my straps are too tight or this or that, you know, that he's not having an emotional response. He's literally just giving you information. Whereas as like a lot of lifters, if they come out and they're like, Oh, it was slow. And they're like, my fucking straps are fucked up. You're like, okay, you're having like a little mini freak out. But with Dave, you're just getting kind of like information. So you, so you know, so you know, it's real. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he's the first person to be like, oh, fucking biffed it on the pickup whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if he legit screws it up, which when does that happen? But it, it has happened. Very rarely usually can save it. That shit's like, it's it's like the, the, the things that I've seen him correct with the big weights and like the way he's been able to get back under him and everything that went on at WPO this year, like getting hurt and then still benching the big one, like, um... What, what was that like? We've gone over time, but I don't really give a fuck. What, what was that like for you? Because I know, you know, like, you're badass. He's a badass. It's okay. Like, we all know Pitbull and Bulldog and all this shit. But, like, you're still a human being. And you still care about this person. Like, what was that like for you, you know, knowing that he had injured himself on the the um, – the squat and then he and then he dumped his second bench and he went for it on a third. It's a big fucking bench. Ten forty seven. It was like the third biggest squat of the day and he was benching it. Um what what was that like for you as like handler, girlfriend, confidant person? Uh I mean when he he took that squat and he started to descend with it and he gets like, I don't know, down, yeah, maybe right when I start counting off, mm-hmm. like three going into two, I think, and then he just drops. That's so unlike him. So I'm like, oh my God, like what just 
disintegrated. Sure. Um, and then he looked like you could see in his face that he was like a little bit panicked. Mm-hmm. And he was like, something just popped in my leg. Like I felt two pops or whatever. And I'm like, oh shit. And we got the knee wraps off of him and he went back there and it wasn't bruising up. And he, I was like, do you feel like searing heat? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm not sure. And we're poking around on it and you could feel a void. Like you could feel that something was wrong there, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't feel like when you, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. Like where the muscle bellies tie together, there's this fascia that kind of connects them. And it felt more like you could stick your hand in between the muscle bellies okay. too much. Like there was a void there. It didn't feel like when somebody severs the belly of the muscle, like, um, across the fibers and it rolls up. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't that. Right. It's so like, okay, you did not actually detach something. Something happened in there. Um, and it actually, it started to bruise the next day. Okay. Yeah. And for a couple of days after, but it was never like the pooling and stuff. Like when you like the Scott Mendelson pec tear thing, you know, right. it wasn't like that. Um, so, after six years of being around Dave and having him, you know, he's in a lot of ways an absolute fucking child and he drives me crazy. But I would never question, I would never question, like sometimes I question his training mm-hmm. and he'll say things to me or he'll, he'll, he'll get mad like because he gets frustrated if something's not going right. It was like with the thing right before the last WPO. Mm-hmm. And I look at him and I'm like, if it was me, what would you tell me? What would you tell Anthony? What would you tell Alex? Okay, take your own fucking advice. Sure. I'm only telling you this because it's come out of your mouth before. Right. So, like, you know I remember everything, so you're screwed now. (laughs) Take your own advice. Do X, Y, and Z. Um, and he'll act, he'll get real pissed off at me then. And then, you know, within a few hours to a few days, it becomes his idea and it's totally fine. And he goes with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't take that personally. I'm just glad that, you know, the change is being made. Um, however we get there, but when it comes to at a meet, Dave is the most like robotic, locked in, rational person ever. He's super realistic. So if he looks at me and says, I'm going to bench, I believe that he feels that he can. Okay. I don't question that. Yeah. So if he says he can bench press, we're bench pressing. Right. So you Um, were, you were in it. You were like, all right, if he says I'm good, like it's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't, because Dave's all about preserving his career. I mean, you've seen, seen him take plenty of time off. Yeah. And, um, you know, not really harp on stuff and be like, yeah, I kind of need rest more than I need another workout. Yeah. Um, and so, I know that Dave's not going to go out there and, like, catastrophically injure himself to impress people. Or right. prove a point. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, like, He's if he says like I'm gonna bench press then we're bench pressing. Sure. Like cool, let's let's bench press then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't super worried. I was a little concerned about 
the aftercare because not really knowing how bad his hamstring was right at the time but it ended up being exactly what he said is he popped some kind of connective tissue but it wasn't like you know something that needed surgery or something like that so when he whatever. when he dumped that the first attempt at the 1047 and then came in the back room did you at that point were you like are you sure you want to fucking take this again no really you were just like fuck it he's gonna take it let's go yeah, because, like, I was, I, um, I was, I sit, like, a lot of people can't see me, but I sit back by the head judge. Yep. Like, in the corner, and I'm, like, tucked way down there. Yeah. Because I like to be able to look up. I need to be able to see Dave's head and shoulders, and I need to be able to see his belly in relation to the bar, because I have to count him down and tell him where he's at and when he needs to belly up and all that stuff. Yep. And, um... So I had a really good view of what happened with that the first time he took that. Mm -hmm. And what happened is he started to bring it down and it it shifted to one side. Yeah. And he was like, which means take it. (laughs) Um, Because he, that's another thing that makes him smart is like, he's probably done that with you. Like if you get out of shape in the hole with a squat or with a bench, he'll make them take it because he doesn't want you to strain and blow your wad. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And he'll, he does that with himself because he knows like if it's out of position, he's a a lot more likely to rip something off the bone and, and B, he doesn't want to strain out of position and ruin his chance of taking it again and getting it. So he's real. Like if he knows it's like way out of shape, he's like, that means take this out of my hands so that I can come (laughs) do it again. (laughs) But I really didn't, with all the stuff that was going on in the warm-up and all that bullshit, mm-hmm. I was worried about that affecting me. And also, he was cramping really bad. Yeah. Um, so I had some concern about that, and I kind of was like, yeah, you didn't train on that. But in my head, I was kind of like, mm, I don't think today's the day that you're going to do this. Yeah. But I won't ever rule it out. If, if you're walking back out there, it's because you think you can do it. Yeah, and when it's him, you figure he probably will. Yeah, and I would never say. See, that's a, that's another that's like the part of the fine art of coaching, right? It's like there's a time to say, like, I refuse to allow you to do this because I would like you to live and yep. lift another day. But if I go back there and I act like, you know, I'm wringing my hands and I'm like, oh, well, you know, this and do you feel okay? And are you still cramping and all this stuff? Um, and all I do is like make him second guess it, you know, by hash. And you can, you cannot have somebody second guessing being under a thousand pounds plus that's dangerous. Right. Yeah. Especially when the thousand pounds is in their fucking hands. Right. <laughs> I don't trust the spotters for nothing. Right, right. Especially, that's like, you know, like if your forearm breaks, like that drops so fast that it's like almost impossible for spotters to fully catch it. They're not catching it. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Like, it's like, just. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to break some ribs or hurt your fucking heart or whatever. Um, that's insane. Uh, we've never, like, obviously, I know you pretty well. We've never really talked about, like, the depths of, like, uh, what it's like being um, 
in your very unique position with with Dave and everything. Like obviously, like I've heard stories and stuff, but we've never really talked about like what that's like for you. So that's really cool to hear. And um, like, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm definitely going to have to have you come on again because we've gone over, but I feel like there's so much more to go. There's just like so much more yeah, shit. Yeah, there's like so much more shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, I guess, like the takeaway from that is like, if, if Gabe's, I mean, like I said, I didn't think he was going to get the third, get it on the third, mm-hmm. but he was down to bullshit himself. So I was just going to bullshit him right along with it. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. We're going to pretend that the cramps never happened and that I didn't see this thing like go sideways. Like, like I'm just, you know, whatever. Cool. I love that, dude. That's like such a like ride or die thing too. Um, to have someone in your corner like that. I really love that. Um, so there's one last question I want to ask. I ask at the end of every one, every one of these podcasts, and obviously you've had a lot of like wild experiences and experienced a lot of like different and unique things throughout your life. Um, if you could go back to when you were, I don't know, in your early 20s or, or whatever, um, and give yourself one piece of advice uh, what is the piece of advice you would, uh, you would give yourself or like, like a, you know, just like a post-it note that you wish you could have slid yourself when you were, when you were a younger person? Um, no pressure. Yeah, that's, it's a hard one. Cause there's a couple of them. Sure. Like, I think by the time you get to be our age, you realize that like you've been through so many phases of your life where whatever bad thing was happening at the at the time seemed like the worst fucking thing ever. Like, how am I gonna get through this? Mm-hmm. And then like, it only takes like a little while of putting one foot in front of the other before it's an afterthought, and it just keeps happening because that's life, right? You're like, man, I thought that thing was shitty. Well, now I got this new shitty thing that's like ten times worse. <laughs> Um, you know, like, so like the stuff that was shitty when you were 21 years, is like a joke now. Like I'll take 10 of those back to back, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that, you know, like it ain't ever that fucking bad. Just keep moving, keep, mm-hmm. keep going forward. But then also I probably would not have gone to college right out of high school. Um, cause I'm still paying for it. <laughs> I probably would have been like, hey, just join the military and stay there and don't rack up college debt because then the military will pay for you to go to college. It'll be free. So one practical piece of advice and one sort of like uh, emotional, like uh, mental piece of advice. That's very good. People will love this. I think you're like the second or maybe third person that have said, I would have told myself not to go to school <laughs> and, and like save the debt. But, uh, well, Hey, listen, I really appreciate you coming on. I know, uh, I know this is kind of outside of your wheelhouse to come on and, and talk about a bunch of stuff. So I really appreciate that. Do you want to give out your social media stuff so people can follow you? Um, actually, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Pull it up so that you know what it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> I have, 684 pending requests on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Um, lots of them are people that obviously they're lifting weights in their little circular picture. So I would assume that they're following me through Dave's because I'm like 
my name is on Dave's bio or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, people can add me. It's it's Kellen Renee. It's easy to find if you go to Dave's bio. But I be forewarned, like, you're not going to see me lifting weights unless you go about two and a half years. I see um, some pretty awesome rant videos, though. Yeah, I do some rant videos. Um, I post a lot of lot of memes that are usually in very poor taste, if that's your thing. Um, I talk a lot about growing plants, especially cannabis and stuff like that, because I am a plant pathologist by trade now. So, um, Horses. If you go to college, I just made the government pay for it this time. That's the thing. Horses, um, plants, horses, yeah. pit bulls, and rants. Yeah. So if that's your thing, man, like go ahead and, and take your roll the dice and, and add me. Um, <laughs> but if you're looking for me to lift weights, like you're gonna have to go back in the in the archives. <laughs> some cool videos, I mean, like I like some I did some big stuff raw in the gym. The three hundred pound bench was sick because. Dude, I remember that night. That was so funny because we're all so used to coaching like equipped lifts, and then. It, like you took out a bench like a raw bench and none of us really knew what to say we're all just like bench it like yeah. do, do it <laughs> yeah well it's funny because like Dave would never let me bench raw off my chest sure yeah in the gym unless it was like speed bench or you know some kind of weird fucking variation but to just take a straight bar of weight and bench raw off my chest he's like you need to fucking do that there's no reason for you to do that. And so everybody says that equipped lifting makes your bench go down. And I went from having like a 235 raw bench when I was a raw lifter to lifting equipped and never doing a fucking thing raw except for speed bench on Sundays, board presses, and floor presses. I was sick at floor presses. I actually floor pressed like 320 or something. Mm-hmm. It's in, there's a video of it in there. And then one day, like, it was right after we left Westside, and and Dave knew I was, like, kind of in a bad mood. And he was like, you want to take something big off your chest today, roll? And I was like, fuck yeah, so I just bet 300. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> dude, yeah. that video was hilarious because we're all like, yeah, do it. Like, yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. None of us, yeah, like, knew what like, to do. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so if everybody says that benching a quick makes your fucking roll is go down or full shit. <laughs> That's the moral of that story. Fucking right. Well, hey, Kellen, you're sick. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for coming on. Um, people should definitely follow her. For the memes alone, it's worth the follow. Um, and then if you guys want to follow me, my personal page is AnthonyCW13. The trigger warning page is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate for all your mental Monday apparel stuff and then on my page it's linked i gotta look it up so i get it right but it's uh anchor athletics nh i believe make sure you follow that shit that's what we got for today thanks again for listening to the twc stay hated podcast and as always stay hated motherfuckers